Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Many of you have heard a children's song that starts out, I will make you fishers of men. You've heard that song. You probably have sung it as a child at your church. Well, I read recently of a group of people who loved to fish who formed what they called the fishing club. The lakes and streams in the surrounding area were loaded and teeming with all specimens of fish, perch and bass and trout and all kinds of varieties. Membership grew as those who had a deep passion for fishing joined the fishing club. Now as the years passed, the founders began to die off and a new generation joined this fishing club. And although these new members called themselves fishermen, their activities differed from those of their elders. Their passion was methods and strategies and technologies, but really not fish. Some devoted their attention to the decor of the clubhouse. Others worked on bylaws and a constitution for how the fishing club would be organized. A few felt called to get advanced degrees in studying fish, and others focused on advancing fishing technology, and they loaded the fishing club warehouse with all the latest state-of-the-art equipment. And still others gave themselves to writing an exhaustive history of fishing. Really, the library at the fishing club was an excellent resource for anyone who wanted to know anything about fish and fishing. Now, every year, the club would sponsor a fishing conference, and they would bring in special guest speakers who explained how fishing was done in other countries. They even had pictures of exotic fish that were caught in other lands. Club members prayed for these endeavors and raised money for catching fish, more fish in foreign water. They hung up flags and put maps around the building indicating areas of the ocean where unreached fishing groups were yet to be found. These were very inspiring conferences. And then a strange thing began to happen. The fishermen ceased to fish. They studied fish, they prayed for fish, they obtained licenses to fish, and they even went on short-term fishing trips. But they ceased to fish in their own ponds and rivers. And today, if you visit the Fisherman's Club, you will find a very nice building, well-appointed, with lots of wonderful activities for its members. But if you really want to fish, i got to be honest, I would suggest that you go somewhere else. Most of us are familiar with the idea of being called to be fishers of men. But what does this really mean? Well, in Matthew 4.19, Jesus was calling Peter and Andrew to leave their nets. And he said, follow me, and I will make you 
fishers of men. Jesus' life mission was about rescuing broken and hurting people. His mission was to seek and to save who? Those who are lost. And so he asks us now to be fishers of men, making disciples in our neighborhoods as well as in the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything he has commanded us. And he has assured us that he will be with us as we do this work right up until the very end. Put another way, you and I are called to follow Jesus. And as we do so, he wants to make of us fishers of lost people. Now, if we are called by Jesus to be fishers of men, why is it that so many who claim to be his followers are simply not fishing? It's because we are swayed by the wrong leader. We have a false leader who is always trying to influence us. That false leader says, find contentment in the things of this world. They will bring you ultimate and real satisfaction. But we also have a true leader who calls us to follow him, who desires to be our source of lasting and deep and very real contentment. One of his early followers wrote these words, Do not love this world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God will live forever. We are to find deep, lasting inner contentment in Christ. Augustine said it so well. He said, our souls are restless until they find their resting place in him. We have a false leader who always wants to sway us, who says, take care of yourself first. He says, your needs and comfort should be your number one priority. And when we listen to him, our primary focus is on ourselves, on what's best for us. At the same time, there's a true leader who beckons to us, and he says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. He also said that even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This true leader wants us to serve him by being on mission with and for him, fishing for lost people, helping them to be rescued from the false leader's deceit and destruction. The false leader seeks to kill and destroy the true leader has come to rescue and to give life. So this evening, who cares about catching fish? Well, the false leader wants to keep us from caring, to even be ashamed of the gospel. But God cares. God deeply cares. And in Matthew 4.19, he is calling us also to care, to reflect his heart. And why is it that you and I should care about lost people? Because to be lost 
means to be separated from Christ and without hope. It means to be given over to a depraved mind and shameful lusts. It means to be filled with envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. It means to be slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. It means that we invent ways of doing evil, that we are senseless, faithless, heartless, and ruthless. To be lost means that we are enemies with God. It means that we're under the reign, the domination, the power of sin. It means that we are living literally under the control of the evil one. It means that we are gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature, following its desires and its thoughts. Brothers and sisters, tonight in a lost state, our minds are blinded. Our emotions are distorted. Our cravings are destructive. Our bodies are defiled. We are morally and spiritually sick. And this is exactly where the false leader wants us to be. Deceived, defeated, and ultimately destroyed. If we are lost, we are destined for hell. To spend eternity with the false leader. Why? Because our sin before an infinitely holy God warrants infinitely horrifying judgment. Let me say that again. Our sin before an infinitely holy God warrants infinitely horrifying judgment. Those of us who refuse to submit to the gospel and love and obey Jesus Christ will incur at the last advent an infinite and irreparable loss. We will pass into a night on which no morning will ever dawn. So what is this place called hell? The Bible describes it in stark terms. It's a place of outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. These are weighty words. This is heavy truth. Hell is a place of fiery agony and constant torment. It's a place of everlasting destruction, shut out, shut off from the presence of God. Revelation 14, 11 says that the smoke of their torment rises forever and ever. There is no rest, day or night, for those who are in hell. This evening, if we embrace the truth and the authority of God's word, we cannot get around the reality of lostness and of hell. The false leader wants us to conclude that these are not true, that these are not real, and he wants the church to become apathetic. He wants the church to become just a nice fishing club. The true leader died on a cross to rescue lost people from despair and hell. He died so that you and I could live. And he calls us to not be ashamed of the gospel, to challenge people everywhere to repent and put their faith in Jesus Christ alone for their salvation. 
In short, the call this evening of Jesus is that we become fishers of men. At One Mission Society, we have purposed in our hearts that we will not become a comfortable club that merely talks about fishing. We want to reflect the heart of the true leader who cares deeply for lost people. And therefore, we have birthed a growing coalition of partners to take a firm stand. And that coalition is called Billion Dot Global. Now, some of you may have a handheld device with you, with you here tonight, and if you do, you could just look up on the internet, billion.global, and you will see a whole website there that supports this effort. To date, we have 98 ministry partners who are a part of the billion.global coalition. It's continuing to expand and grow. These partners are from all over the world. These are mission agencies, they are denominations, they are Christian ministry organizations of all kinds. And our shared passion, our joint vision, is to give at least a billion people the opportunity to hear, understand, and believe the good news of Jesus Christ over 10 years. And so we're aiming to do this by mid-2026. We want to be about fishing. We want to be about taking this good news to lost people. So we're thrilled and we're excited about this, but we know it will be fraught with challenges. Our board, our missionaries, and many of our longtime partners are really feeling deep passion about this vision. What's so important is that none of us is looking for any recognition or credit. We want all glory to go to Christ. And we simply want to follow him, asking him to make of us fishers of men. And so instead of focusing more and more energy on cleaning fish that have already been caught, we want to catch more fish, make more disciples, establish new worshiping groups, and train leaders to catch and disciple more and more fish. Our heart is to do this in a multiplying, collaborative way until at least a billion people have had this opportunity to hear and understand and believe this good news about Christ. And we even have put metrics in place to measure our progress toward the billion. So I have here a map this evening that I want to take a few moments to show you. And this map contrasts points of light with points of darkness. And if you want, if it makes it a little better up here, you can turn the lights down and focus on the map. And you'll see on this map points of light that indicate concentrations of evangelical followers of Christ. This is based on data collected by three major agencies. It's all been combined by a missions research department to put together this map. And so you'll see some very well-lit areas on the map. Perhaps the most well-lit is South Korea. There are other parts of the world that have a lot of light. What does that mean? That means that in those places of our world, there is relatively rich access to the gospel of Christ. The more light, the greater the access. Now, at the same time, there are other places where there is very little in the way of light. For example, look at the north coast of Africa. 
once a stronghold for Christianity. And today, the church there is small and struggling. Islam has penetrated and infiltrated that area to a very significant degree. And so there is great work to do in North Africa, in the Arab Muslim world, in the former Soviet Union, and all of the stands. There's a lot of work to do in the northern part of India. There's a lot of work to do in post-Christian, postmodern Europe. Brothers and sisters, this map shows us that we need to be deeply committed to fishing for men and women and boys and girls in our neighborhoods as well as in the nations. And so I want us to think in terms of how we can be going from the well-lit areas on the map to the poorly lit areas where there remains much darkness. This is, this is on God's heart. This is something that I think God is deeply concerned about. It's something that I think he is passionate about, and he's looking for men and women who will give themselves to go to some of these remaining dark places. So what am I challenging you to do here this evening? Well, in summary, first and foremost, I'm asking you to follow Jesus with your whole heart, to be fully owned by him, to be totally possessed by him, and ask him to make you a fisher of lost people, loving him and loving lost people more than you love yourself and more than you love your very life. That's my first challenge to you tonight. I want you to hear that call, to follow him, to ask him to make you a fisher of lost people, and to love him and lost people more than you love your very life. My second call is this, that you ask God to develop within you sensitive, discerning eyes so that you are more able to see all the opportunities with lost people that he puts around you every day. And we need eyes to see those fishing opportunities. And then we need to be intentional and responsible in taking advantage of those opportunities to make Christ known. So I'm calling you to a whole new level of awareness and responsibility. Asking you to pray for God to give you those sensitive eyes to see those opportunities right in front of you to make Christ known. And I, I can say personally that I've done this. And I'm seeing a lot more opportunities now than before I started to pray about this and ask God to give me that kind of eyes, those kinds of eyes and that kind of a heart. The third thing I want to do is just invite you to consider being a part of the Billion Dot Global Coalition. I was looking in the back of the Bangor Missionary Program, seeing all the agencies that are here. Wouldn't it be cool that we would work together in a way that instead of it involved competition with one another for personnel and for financial resources and for prayer and all those things, that we started to figure out ways to collaborate with one another, to partner with one another. And that's really what the Billion Dot Global idea is all about. And so as you leave this evening, as you go through the two back doors, there will be a small piece of paper handed to you that looks like this, for those of you who want it, that will show you how to connect with the Billion Dot Global Coalition. So I warmly invite you to consider that. So in all of this, 
this really is not about us. It's about God. It's about loving lost people. It's about the resurrected Christ and his calling to follow him and to be fishers of men. It's not about competing with one another. It's about collaborating with one another under the lordship of Christ. This is about kingdom cooperation. It's about synergy. It's about doing more together than we would ever be able to do if we all remained separate. It's really a vision that's completely disproportionate to who we are. But it's not at all disproportionate to who God is. It's about moving from being nice fishing clubs to being fishers of lost people. It's about giving people who have not yet had the opportunity to hear and understand and believe this good news their very first opportunity to hear, understand, and believe. The truth is, a Redeemer has come. And who is that Redeemer? He is Christ, the Lord. We want to make him known as Savior and Lord. And we want to call people to love him, to worship him, and to follow him. This is God's desire. This is his mission. And compelled by the love of Christ, we do it for his glory. And so may we follow Jesus with all of our hearts. And may we hear his call tonight that he wants to make of us fishers of men. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.